I mean, one, some of the more boring bits and actually some of the more interesting bits of Zune are about the uh, liberal or radical responses to these foundations. I mean, in the first place, they were looked upon as just a con mm -hmm. as a way for a family like Ford uh, to maintain their wealth without having to pay taxes. Uh, and of course, there was also people who saw this as, as a, a way to get private funding for things that we needed. Uh, and of course, you have, I don't know, you have a question that you said you were going to talk about. And this was the idea of universities and education. Uh, Carnegie gave away of much of his fortune for education, which is something that's a tool going into the future. You know, uh, uh, Rockefeller founded uh, the University of Chicago hmm. and Roosevelt University. Uh, and so the idea here, this, and it goes to your question about the difference between philanthropy and charity. Uh, if, if you provide relatively inexpensive uh, college educations, uh, trade education, you know, and skills, uh, that's really different than charity. At least Andrew Carnegie thought it was. Funding of, uh, I have many, many opinions of funding in higher education, having grown up uh, with professor parents. Yeah. Uh, not just that my, both of my parents were professors, but also you remember that um, so grandma had gone to yeah. college where yeah. you taught and was involved in like alumni fundraising. And How could I, I once, forget? Once handed a large check to, um, to uh, Mr. Helm, who was yeah. one of my best friend's father. So I was really sort of yeah. deep in I've had a lot of time to think about it since. Uh, and, you're, and there's one example that I that I come to a lot that I've been thinking about a lot. So today, almost every um, Colby, Duke, uh, Michigan State, where you went, uh, basically every uh, reputable and some non-reputable uh, higher education institutions have computer science classes mm -hmm. today. Right? Probably not when you were born. That's correct. Some of them, there were probably a few that did have some sort of. It might probably wasn't called computer science, but some, there was probably a few. Uh, right, so Ada Lovelace was long before you and it was probably something you could study but in general and i don't know when this started but uh the, the company ibm uh funded is the reason why we have computer science departments uh, almost everywhere they gave the original gift to start the computer science departments at, at almost all places and they did so for and they they made a, a pretty solid effort that they continue to make the ibm foundation does a lot of um, marketing to brag about how they have done this right computers all this computer science students and all that and you owe it to us at ibm right but they they were about it was job skills training so they could have employees in the future, right? It wasn't I, what I would call education in computer skills. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that, that the practicality of it. And it's somewhat that, important because we were recently attacked on the computer by another nation successfully. And there's and we have and we had a bunch of people who are building you know we're really great at making Facebook and Instagram and and Google products and a lot of that stuff but we weren't able to defend our country uh, against a country that has fewer resources than us. Okay, I, is there a question here? Well, that's so the you when you mentioned the higher education funding right and so I, uh, uh, and. Um, uh, this is continuing uh, as like AI becomes a thing and other stuff and all of the big philanthropy people I talk about we were talking about future of work in the car the main impetus especially from these like very very large wealthy folks is around like skills trainings and stuff and I'll say it's much more so people who give to uh, colleges and stuff are people who went to those colleges generally and who have received the benefit mm -hmm. of an education generally we give to things that we understand 
that we've actually been the recipient of, right? That's why uh, philanthropists give to art museums. They actually, and it's probably the area where they are the best at philanthropy because they are the direct recipients of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Art museums are like palaces in this country. They're beautiful. Uh, University is pretty similar. Same reason. They really do understand. So the people who have not gone to college uh, and who might be lower income, who, do, who also give, these people exist, uh, largely because of the Christian tradition you mentioned, but because they know they've, they have their own, they're the recipients of services as well. They're more likely to give to their local community centers, YMCAs, perhaps their church, other things of that sort that might actually be helping large numbers of people and not just building skills training so the company has more talented people in the future. Um, so that's, this is, I guess I'm framing a criticism of, uh, of, I'm not, of freed money. I mean, I agree with you, right. These people had excess money and they're all able to use it to capital. Um, but only in certain areas, only in things where they understand the benefits of. So not to like homelessness, not for income equality. Their philanthropists are large, big philanthropists, generally pretty bad at moving the needle on homelessness, poverty, income inequality, illiteracy, anything that they themselves have never needed the services for. Well, I, I mean, what it amounts to is, is, is a critique of wealthy giving. Yes. Okay. Uh, and that it's self-interested. Uh, a couple of things just immediately. Come I mean, I think on. it's all. I I would argue it's all self-interested. Like I said, that the lower income levels, they're giving. They're more likely to be giving to to uh, community centers and places that they have been that have served them mm -hmm. themselves, right? And people, so people who give to like cancer research okay. will be giving to cancer that they or a family yeah. member have had. Well, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, and there's a couple of really simple things. One is that if you give money to be used for, let's say, an educational purpose. After your death, I think that eliminates some of your problem because it's certainly it's not going to be of self-interest to the dead guy. Uh, the other thing is the vast majority of educational institutions in the United States are not the product of philanthropy, but the product of government action. Yep. Okay. Sec third. Uh, well, it was Bremer, I think, called the U.S. government. Uh, philanthropists on an unprecedented scale. Right. Well, the moral, the moral act, M-O-R-R-I-L-L. -L. Uh, by the way, my first office was in moral yeah. hall. Anyway, the uh, provided for the establishment of almost all of the schools, and this is great, that we attribute to the Big Ten, for example. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, all of those state institutions are not philanthropic institutions in the first place. They were created by government action, by federal action, state action. Then, of course, they became uh, the recipients of private philanthropic endeavors that kind of hopped on board. All right, let me, let me I, I think there's one other thing. There's a whole lot of difference, I think, between funding something in a going institution like Harvard mm. and founding one. Mm. Uh, and so what we really are, they, you know, they, I think we have to keep in mind, uh, I mean, for example, the great example here is that uh, Harvard wasn't founded by John Harvard. Uh, it was founded by the colonists in Massachusetts. Uh, and John Harvard made a relatively modest, <clears throat> in context, donation, uh, and they decided to call it Harvard. Uh, so I think you and uh, try to get wrap your mind around the difference between contributing to an ongoing college or university and founding one. I mean, the millions and millions and millions. Just of to dollars. clarify, Harvard was originally founded as a 
public entity by the colonists of the Massachusetts Yeah, Bay? well, that's a problem, and that is that, that most people would, would say that Harvard and Yale, the two that you think of, uh, are private institutions. But they were funded through uh, the colony uh, tax system. They were supported by... In the movie that, with Joe Pesci and Brandon Fraser, he argues that Harvard is a land-grant school. Uh, not really. Was it given land by the colony back then? But land this grant is a technical term yes, from the Moral Act. From the Moral, the Moral Act is the first place. They're, those are land grant institutions because. Can you very quickly explain the Moral Act by any chance? Yeah, well, in simple terms, what they did was to provide some funding for state institutions, and the idea was very, very practical. Uh, the idea was to uh, uh, teach scientific agriculture. Uh, to produce engineers and so on for the new modern economy. And they were called land grants because the way the federal government funded uh, the colleges was by granting land to the states that they could either build the university on or they could sell and use the money to build it elsewhere. So East Lansing, for example, uh, is built on the land uh, of Michigan State University is built on a land that was given to them by the federal government. It was a land grant. And so they didn't have to buy the land. Mm -hmm. And they had some funding to begin the, the, the buildings. And each one, is, each one of the great so-called land grant institutions are a little different, but they're all predicated on a federal grant of land to the states. Uh, but so the, uh, well, that has me concerned. So the, today I see, right, um if a, a philanthropist can give a nominal gift, and in fact, uh, they can just sort of promise to make a nominal gift, and they will get a very large amount of positive press, and a lot of people will like just be like, "Oh, that's so grateful and everything." But uh, a prime example is recently, uh, Bezos gave away uh, 98.5, or promised to give away, he hasn't given away yet, 98.5 uh, million to, um, to to work with the homeless in Seattle, uh, but he's personally lobbied against government funding. Uh, for the same purpose. And also, he uh, compared to the average donor, that gift is a smaller percentage than what the average American donor gives. Uh, and we don't, the average American donor certainly doesn't get numerous articles written about them. Um, and here in this, I'm, I'm very interested in this, in this Harvard example, because the, so the public generally thinks that it was private philanthropists that built Harvard. In, in, in a lot of, it's almost uh, impossible to disentangle that. And certainly it's true. <coughs> Big, huge gifts coming from private philanthropists for them still. But if it was, in fact, in the beginning, a fairly socialist enterprise, mm -hmm. and more Americans knew that like our, these legacy institutions that sort of define America were started in that way and not... And, yeah, it would help. Uh, and so and you've got a lot of people believing, right, so we, we, can't, uh, we can't have a wealth tax because that would affect, like, because we look at all this great philanthropy that Bloomberg and Bezos and others are doing, um... Right. If we raise the tax, then they would then they would selfish, very extremely cravenly and selfishly withhold funds from charities to punish us from raising taxes on them. Right. And people and there's lots of people who are just like accepting that as a as a fine argument.